Welcome to St. Andrew and to our virtual worship for the Sunday of the Holy Trinity. As we give thanks for the gift of baptism in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And as we hear our Lord's call to make disciples and spiritual siblings of people of every nation and every race. And as we pray today for our nation in these days of turmoil and of sickness and of uncertainty about the future. May your worship be uplifting to you and may we be guided by the grace and the truth of God for you and me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Joined to the triune God in the waters of baptism, we are clothed with God's mercy and forgiveness. Let us give thanks for the gift of baptism. We give thanks to you, O God, for in the beginning your spirit moved over the water, and by your word you created the world, calling forth life in which you took delight. Through the waters of the flood you delivered Noah and his family. Through the sea you led your people Israel from slavery into freedom. And by the river your son was baptized by John and anointed with the Holy Spirit. By water and your word you claim us as your daughters and sons, making us heirs of your promise and servants of all. We praise you for the gift of water that sustains life. And above all, we praise you for the gift of new life in Christ. Shower us with your spirit and renew our lives with your forgiveness, grace, and love. To you be given honor and praise through Jesus Christ our Lord in the unity of the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen.
Last weekend on social media, we posted several prayers for our nation. And today in our worship, we lift up those same prayers to the God of grace. Let us pray. Look with pity, O Heavenly Father, upon the people of this land who live with injustice, terror, disease, and death as their constant companions. Have mercy upon us. Help us to eliminate cruelty to these our neighbors. Strengthen those who spend their lives establishing equal protection under the law and equal opportunities for all. And grant that every one of us may enjoy a fair portion of the abundance of this land through Jesus Christ our Lord. Grant, O oh God, that your holy and life-giving spirit may move in every human heart, that the barriers which divide us may crumble, suspicions disappear, and hatreds cease, that with our divisions healed we might live in justice and peace through Jesus Christ our Lord. O oh God, you created all people in your image, we thank you for the astonishing variety of races and cultures in this world. Enrich our lives by ever widening circles of fellowship and show us your presence, that our knowledge of your love is made perfect in our love for all your children. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Lord, keep this nation under your care. Guide the leaders of our land that we may be a people at peace among ourselves and a blessing to other nations of the earth. Help us elect trustworthy leaders, contribute to wise decisions for the general welfare, and serve you faithfully in our generation to the honor of your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Almighty God, you sit in judgment to declare what is just and right. Bless all agents of justice in our land. Give them the spirit of wisdom, peace, and understanding, that they may perceive the truth and administer the law impartially as instruments of your will. We pray in the name of him who will come to be our judge, your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Heavenly Father, in your word, you have given us a vision of that holy city to which the nations of the world will bring their glory. Look upon and visit the cities of our land. Renew the ties of mutual regard which form our civic life. Send us honest and able leaders. Help us to eliminate poverty, prejudice, and oppression, that peace may prevail with righteousness and justice with order and that women and men from various cultures and with differing talents may find with one another the fulfillment of their humanity. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hear the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 28th chapter. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the gospel of the Lord.
everyone! Did you know over 30 different nations are represented in our church family? These are the flags of all the nations that members of our church have come from. In today's Bible story, Jesus gives us a special and important command. He says, go and make disciples of all nations. This means Jesus wants people of every nation and every race in his family. It doesn't matter what you look like or where you come from. He creates and loves us all. Jesus teaches us to love one another by spreading the love of God to everyone around us. He teaches us to treat everyone equally and with kindness because we are all his children. He teaches us to make disciples of all nations. You and your family may be from one of these nations. Whoever you are and wherever you are from, you are a part of God's family. You are loved, you are seen, and you matter to him. Now it's our job to spread the love that God has given us. Let's fold our hands, bow our heads, and say a prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for being a God of peace. Help us to make disciples of all nations and be a vessel of your love. Help us to love one another like you have loved us. We love you so much. In your name we pray, amen. This morning, I want to start off by talking about a question that I'm sure many of you are asking right now, and I know that people in our nation are asking it, and in fact, even people all around the world are asking this question. Uh, it's a question that is only three words, and yet it certainly has more than one answer most of the time. It's a question that some of us ask on a day-to-day -day basis, and others of us ask it after big life events. Uh, for example, I found myself asking this question last year quite a bit. After call day, and after graduation, and after moving, uh, I felt like after those things, this question kept on coming in my mind. And sometimes the answers were pretty easy. And then other times it was a struggle to find the answer. And I think that's kind of where I find myself today. And like I said, I think many of you are asking this same question. But I know that you all have asked this question before. Uh, in fact, I think it's fair to say that this question is part of the DNA of St. Andrew as a congregation. Uh, I imagine that this question was asked some 50 years ago, after that first VBS down on Georgia Avenue. I know that this question was asked after you all relocated to this here church house. Uh, I know that this question has been asked by the board of directors. I know that this is a question that the staff often asks and continues to discuss. And although you might not have always agreed with the answers, by God's grace and the wisdom of so many of you here, the answers have always been a blessing. And this question has never gone unanswered. But I think what I find most incredible about this question is the force and power that comes behind it. See, this question has the opportunity to allow creativity to flourish. Uh, it allows people to dream about all new possibilities. Uh, this question gives a voice both to the individual and to the group. This question can lead to action and to positive change. At the same time, this question can often cause us to feel uncomfortable and even revert back into some bad habits if we don't exactly like the answer or when we struggle to find an answer. But, perhaps for the first time in a very long time, we find ourselves asking this question 
together. The question is, what comes next? Like I said before, I know many of you are wrestling with this question right now, and you're not alone in that. In fact, I think that's a question that may have been on the minds of some of our disciples in our story today. Uh, In Matthew 28, the story that you just heard, uh, listen to how it opens up. It says in verse 16 and 17, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. As you heard, the disciples are in Galilee because Jesus has told them to go there. Uh, But it's important to note that this story is happening after Jesus has already risen from the dead. So this is the first time that they are seeing Jesus after he has risen from the dead. Uh, Which means that when they see him, uh, of course they're surprised, but they immediately begin to worship. But as you heard, some of them doubted. Now, uh, I decided to do a little bit more research, and I realized that the Greek word here, it's not doubted like when we talk about doubting Thomas, you know, that story uh, that we often talk about the Sunday after Easter, but rather, uh, the word doubted can also be translated as hesitated. So I want to read verse 17 again for you, uh, but this time using the word hesitated. Here's what it says. When they saw him, when they saw Jesus, they worshipped him, but some hesitated. Now, if you're wondering why hesitated uh, clears things up for us, it's considering the fact that this is the first time that they've seen Jesus because the last time they saw him, they were running away while he was being arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, See, in the Gospel of Matthew, we don't have all the other resurrection accounts of Jesus appearing to the disciples. So, uh, this is, in fact... The first time the disciples are seeing him after leaving him, betraying him, denying him, and eventually watching him be crucified. So how exactly do you greet someone when the last time you saw them, you were running away? You were getting ready to deny him before all others, and then you knew that he was going to suffer the cruelest of deaths. And now here he is before you risen from the dead. It's fair to say that hesitation is quite understandable here. Uh, And although we aren't exactly told what the disciples are thinking, based on this idea that they were hesitating, I imagine that at least one who was hesitating was wondering, what comes next? As they stand face to face with the man whom they once called teacher, friend, master, and lord, who they had also betrayed and seen crucified. What comes next? You know, lately it seems like this question is a fixture in all of our lives. Uh, Particularly because if you think back to just 13 weeks ago now, I know, 13 weeks. Uh, Hard to believe that it's been so long, but just 13 weeks ago, everything was what we would have called normal. And then in just a matter of four days, the entire country, all of our lives, were completely turned on its head, flipped upside down. And all of us were asking the question, well, what comes next? Every day waiting for some new development, every moment hoping some new news would answer that question for us. And over time, even to where we are right now, there have been some answers to that question, and yet it still feels kind of muddy. What really comes next? 
And this question has become even more relevant in our lives, especially over the past two weeks with everything going on in our nation. As a senseless act of murder was carried out, and then the cries of injustice and racism began to cry out. Everyone began to ask the question, what comes next? And over the past week and a half, we've begun to see some answers to that question. Violence, suffering, riots, more injustice, peace, healing, Mercy, conversation, listening, unity, communities coming together. But the reality is, that question still remains on the hearts and minds of many of us. What comes next? Well, in our story today, uh, this is what happens when Jesus comes face to face with his disciples. In verse 18, it says this, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus says to the disciples, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. So for the disciples, the answer to the question, What comes next? is pretty clear. To go out, to baptize, and to teach. To teach others, to tell others about all that Jesus has commanded them. To go out and to love their neighbor just as Jesus loves them and just as Jesus has often commanded them. And that is what Jesus is telling us. That uh, what comes next is, well, to listen to his words because we too are disciples of Jesus. And so these words are also for us. And when Jesus uses that word all, he makes it very clear. Uh, there really should be no need for clarification when Jesus says all nations. When he tells the disciples he wants to go to all nations, he means that word all. Everyone included. He wants them to go out and to baptize and to teach all nations to show the love of Jesus the way that he loves them to all people of every single individual person all around the world. When Jesus says all nations, he means all nations. He means each and every single individual person. You know, over the past few days this week, I've had the opportunity to spend some time interviewing our confirmation students who are uh, awaiting Confirmation Sunday, which will hopefully happen whenever we return. And in their interviews, one of the questions that I asked was, what's the best part about your relationship with God? And I was pleased to hear that many of them said that the best part of their relationship with God is how, over the past two years, they've been able to grow in their individual relationship with God, to see how much he cares for them, how present he is in their lives, to see what Jesus did was absolutely for each and every one of them. And this made me realize something. It reminded me of the reality that that is who our God is. Our God cares for his people collectively, but he also cares for us individually. 
And he shows that care through the love that he gives to us, through the love that is shown through us, to us, in Jesus. See, because it's the love of Jesus that conquered all sin and the grave. It's the love of Jesus that overcame the devil and all his works and all his ways. It's the love of Jesus that was shown by his death on the cross, this life-giving love that is for all nations. And so when Jesus tells us, his disciples, to go out and to baptize all nations, he is saying each and every individual person of each and every race and ethnicity. And so if we're going to carry out this mission of all lives matter, we need to first acknowledge that black lives matter. They mattered to Jesus, and if we are his disciples, they matter to us too. And I know how true this is for so many of us. It's why we're asking the question, what comes next? And we don't ask this question only during times that our communities are facing injustice, but we ask this question in the face of any and every evil that we will face in our lives. What comes next for us as the people of God who have been called to show the same love that Jesus shows to us, a life-giving love, to love our neighbors, just as Jesus has always loved us? You know, the past week, I've seen three answers to this question uh, for men who are much wiser than me, and I want to share them with you this morning. The first answer is to listen. Theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer says this, As the love of God begins with listening to his word, so the beginning of love for the brethren is learning to listen to them. We must listen to our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. And as we listen, we listen with hearts that seek and desire to understand. The second answer comes from a friend of St. Andrew, in fact, someone that I know you've heard preach before, the Reverend Dr. John Nunes. Uh, in an interview with a pastor last week, this is what he said. Take things one day at a time. One by one and day by day, one conversation at a time, one cup of coffee at a time, one dinner table at a time. At the end of the day, it's about people who have been changed by Jesus becoming change agents in the world, one by one, from the inside out. Many of us know that change does not happen overnight. And so we take it day by day, one by one. And the third answer comes from our very own beloved Pastor Mark. As he said to you in his letter earlier this week, addressing all that is going on, he reminded each and every one of us to be fervent in prayer. You know, uh, it reminded me that this is what Jesus also wants us to do and uh, of a song that we sing in our 11 o'clock praise worship service called When We Pray. Uh, this is what the chorus says. All the world starts changing when the church starts praying. Strongholds start to break, oh, when we pray. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, let us pray. Let us pray for injustice. Let us pray for mercy. Let us pray for healing. 
Let us pray for our communities. Let us pray for those who do not understand that they will have hearts that seek to understand. Let us be fervent in our prayer as we pray for the return of Jesus so that we can rejoice in the words of the prophet Isaiah that those words will be fulfilled. That he speaks when he talks about Jesus returning. That the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. The reality is, the question what comes next is something that we will ask quite often in our lives. Sometimes the answer is simple, sometimes it's difficult. But right now, the answer to the question what comes next is to do what Jesus tells us. To go out and to love our neighbor of all nations because that's who Jesus's love is for it is for all of us so today I invite you to go out and tell someone I love you Jesus loves you your life matters to Jesus and it matters to me too and together one by one day by day we will change the world with the love of Jesus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God has made us his people through our baptism into Christ Jesus. Living together in trust and in hope, we confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is, seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, with the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Gracious and holy God, your Son has made his mission our mission, to gather people of all nations into your eternal family. We thank you for all who have received their new birth into that holy family by the waters of baptism, and we pray that many more may come to know that by the death and resurrection of our Savior, they too are children of God and sisters and brothers in the household of faith. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Guard and protect us in this ongoing pandemic. 
strengthen the sick, sustain those who provide care, and give wisdom to scientists. Watch over us while we are apart from each other, and comfort all who mourn, that we may know your presence and love in the midst of all things at all times. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Pour out the spirit of your love upon us and bring us peace, justice, and reconciliation to all our citizens and throughout our nation, that through Christ our Lord, we may live humbly as servants of one another in service to you and in the great joy and eternal hope of your transforming grace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We praise you, O God, for your goodness in hearing the prayers of your people and granting us confidence to approach your throne of mercy. Hear us now in the name and for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, in whose name we pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be and abide with us all, now and forevermore. Amen. Go in peace. Serve the Lord.